0: The Lord be with you and also with you. The word became flesh and dwells among us. Glory to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth. In virtual worship, our sanctuary empty, we gather this Christmastide Sunday. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. The liturgy, music, and sermon are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation today and later. Our service today includes the greeting and sermon recorded on December 22nd, along with recorded music and liturgy from earlier services. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, when again it is permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship Please note on our website the many possibilities for ministry and pastoral support available this week. Although our nave is empty, the music is full, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light, enkindled in our hearts, may shine forth in our lives through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.
1: lesson from St. Paul's epistle to the Galatians, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his Son, born of a woman born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to say verses from Psalm 148 with the antiphon. the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise the Lord in the heights. Praise the Lord, all his angels. Praise him, all his host. Praise the Lord, sun and moon. Praise the Lord, all you shining stars. Praise, praise the Lord, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord who commanded and they were created. Who established them forever and ever, and fixed their bounds which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all depths. Fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling God's command. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars. Wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together, let them praise the name of the Lord, whose name alone is exalted, whose glory is above earth and heaven. God has created a horn for his people. Praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are near their God. Praise the Lord. And now rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of our gospel.
0: Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, Opposed so that inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul, too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom. And the favor of God was upon him. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. The birth of Christ places before us a new possibility. We can live in a new way. Christ is alive and goes before us to show and share what love can do. This is a day of new beginnings. Our God is making all things new. We can continue to live in the old way, or we can live a different life living the gift of faith. Paul writes to the Galatians, but when the time had fully come, God sent forth his son born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. Paul of Tarsus rarely is mentioned at Christmas, He never saw Jesus and knew almost nothing of the birth, or of birth, of Christmas, he says only, born of a woman, born under the law, a human birth, still in the dark shadow of religion. Paul is our earliest, best witness to the primitive Christian church, yet he says nothing about any of the things we take for granted in this season, Mary, Joseph, manger, Bethlehem, shepherds, kings, Herod, Rachel, Rachel weeping. In fact, you may have ruminated a little bit about how Paul might have approached our reading from Luke chapter two, composed some 30 years after Paul's own legendary death in the Roman Colosseum. How would the celibate rabbi have thought about Mary and a complicated birth? More basically, more biologically, how would a man like Paul have connected, if at all, with the multiple nursery scenes found in the first three Gospels? You will admit, if pressed, that there are few things more bemusing than listening to men talk about childbirth. All the Gospels and most of the 2,000 years of Christmas sermons fall beneath this judgment. What do we know about it? And Paul? How can men, how could Paul possibly fathom the pain, change, and transformation of childbirth, especially when this birth is not just birth, but incarnation? Which brings us to Christmas 2020, and the stunning news that Paul, more than all, gets it. Better than virtually any other piece of the New Testament, Paul names the Christmas gospel with utter precision in Galatians 4, 4 4-7. This verse of Holy Writ, read for this Christmas Sunday, places a claim on you and me. If Paul can get it, if Paul can receive the grace of Christmas, the gift of faith, and faith is ever and only and always a gift, then there is hope for everybody, especially for you this morning if you feel at some distance from the Christmas traditions, the old stories, the church's habits and patterns, especially if you feel, that is, a little on the outside. Come COVID, we are all, by some measure, on the outside. And here is Christmas, and Christmas is all about God's love for the outside. Paul, what a friend we have in Paul, changed, was changed, became a changed person in the full morning light of Christmas. Now, there is a place a bit earlier in his collection of letters that gives us the full picture. In the earliest piece of our New Testament, 1 Thessalonians, as Paul describes his happy relationship with one of his first churches, he offers us a glimpse of the gospel, the Christmas gift of faith. We will lean on Thessalonians this morning to interpret Galatians. There Paul wrote, For we were gentle among you, like a nurse taking care of her children. We were gentle among you like a nurse taking care of her children. It is Christmas testimony that we can live in a new way. The coming of Christ changed Paul. Christmas changed Paul from Pharisee to freedom fighter, from lawyer to preacher, from religion to faith, from law to gospel. He has been given Christmas morning The wings of the morning. There's no other way to interpret his self-designation, a Christmas name tag, if ever there was one, in 1 Thessalonians. Nurse. Paul refers to himself and his way of living as gentle as a nurse. Gentle? Paul? Apparently so, at least now and then. And then, nurse? In our COVID era, we readily and rightly and with great gratitude and respect think of heroic nurses, first responders. It is right for a quiet moment here just to think of all that nurses and others have given to us and others this year, 2020. And now some receiving vaccines, a modern miracle if ever there was one, even as we converse this morning. Yet in Paul's letter, the word does not refer to white gowns, medical degrees, stethoscopes, or medications. It means the other kind of nurse and nursing, the nurse maid. We learn this even without reference to the Greek from the rest of the verse, a nurse caring for her children. The word apion means wet nurse or nursing mother. The image so jarred one early copier, one early scribe, so much that he added an extra letter to one text to clean it up and change the meaning. But Paul is staggeringly clear here. He describes himself as a wet nurse like a woman nursing a child. Paul, that is, is referring to his own new way of living as a kind of nursing, as intimate, physical, personal, vulnerable, self-giving, as in, well, as in nursing a child. You may find this astounding that one who could speak so harshly of his opponents in Galatia, it is Christmas and we will avoid a direct citation, could understand himself by analogy with a mother and child in the moment of nursing. If the birth of Christ can move Paul that far, how much more can Christmas do for you and me? A generation ago, James Clark had a similar insight, writing about Paul's self-designation as a nursemaid. Here is conversion in great might. It is easy to think of Paul as the missionary who made Europe and Asia his parish and lifted Christianity out of its Palestinian cradle, as the warrior who fought the good fight of faith and whose sword seldom rested in its scabbard, as the statesman who conceived vastly and executed daringly, as the theologian who handled the huge imponderables and great peculiarities of the faith with ease and judgment, as the personality, powerful and decisive, who cut his signature deeply into the life of his time and beside whom his contemporaries were but dwarfs, as the mystic who beheld the faraway hills of silence and wonder and whose great theme was union with Christ, but it strains the imagination to picture him who was so imperious in the gentle, the tender role of nursemaid, gentle as a nurse. Truly there is no limit to the converting power of God in Jesus Christ, wrote Mr. Clark. Yet, Mr. Clark cl- climbs only half the Pauline Mountain. Yes, it does astound our imaginations to picture Paul as a mother with a child at the breast. What is doubly astounding, however, is to realize, fully to intuit, that Paul understood himself this way. Paul understood himself this way. Paul, at his most converted, could see his life in a new way, a marvelously new way as different from all he had lived before as a nursemaid is different from an imperious religionist. Paul may not have known the account narrated in our reading from Luke 2 today. He may not have had any more idea than we do about the exact nature and detail of these birth narratives. He probably would have been somewhat surprised by their imaginative peculiarity. But the meaning, the meaning of Christmas, he fully knows. Paul gets it. And so may we, may we, may you and I, especially, if you are not easily or closely enthralled by magic stories, birth miracles, speaking wombs, nursery rhymes, and angel voices. Paul hears the truth of it all, Paul hears the truth of it all, and his life changes, and ours can too. Paul may not have known the Christmas stories we do, but his pastoral life embodied the incarnate love of God in Christ, physical, intimate, personal, vulnerable, self-giving, gentle as a nursemaid. Ours can too, yours can too. You can live in a new way, you can. It is the way of the turned cheek, the offered cloak, the second mile. It is the way of love for those who are not lovely, It is the way of the love of enemies, it is the way of forbearance, it is the way of tender-hearted forgiveness, it is the way of prayer for those who persecute, it is the way of God who is kind to God's ungrateful and selfish children, gentle as a nurse. Christmas gives us birth to the daily, very real possibility starting again for us at noon the real potential that we can live in a new way. Christmas gives birth to the life and death decision for or against Jesus for the new path or the old. That is, if Paul can get it, all can get it. If Paul can get it, all can get it. This is the change that God works, that God works in the human heart. It is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness who is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, our Lord. It is the Christmas gift, the gift of faith. And faith comes by hearing, perhaps this morning, hearing by the word of God. We live in an age of violence, even global and extreme violence. We live in an age of violence, certainly cultural verbal rhetorical violence but friends this is Christmas with Luke we may marvel at the mystery of Christ but with Paul we may practice the partnership of the gospel living as gentle as a nurse with her children that is we can live in a new way we can the world does not lack for promise but only for a sense of promise but how how to do, how to do this. First, we can live as those who look forward to a gentler world community. In a year 2020 of manifold and multiple difficulties that have included environment, virus, government, race, and loss, pollution, pandemic, politics, prejudice, and pain, we can afford to listen again to the strange language of the Bible and of Paul. All of us listening this morning, liberal and conservative, Democrat and Republican, urban and rural, blue and red, hawk and dove, we can all share the horizon of hope for peace on earth, goodwill to all. We can look out for ways to soften the collisions that will come in our time. As the character Inman says in that great old novel, Cold Mountain, Life is riddled with endless contention and intractable difference. Endless contention and intractable difference. Collisions are virtually inevitable, but they can be softened. Our guide here is the great quintessential liberal British philosopher, Isaiah Berlin, who wrote, Collisions, even if they cannot be avoided, can be softened. Claims can be balanced. Compromises can be reached. In concrete situations, not every claim is of equal force. So much liberty, so much equality, so much for sharp moral condemnation, so much for understanding a given human situation, so much for the full force of law, and so much for the prerogative of mercy, for feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, healing the sick, sheltering the homeless. Priorities, never final and absolute, must be established. Of course, social or political collisions will take place. The mere conflict of positive values alone makes this unavoidable. Yet they can be minimized by promoting and preserving an uneasy equilibrium which is constantly threatened and in constant need of repair. That alone is the precondition for decent societies and morally acceptable behavior, otherwise we are bound to lose our way. A little dull as a solution, you say. A little dull as a solution, you will say. But there is some truth in this view," he wrote. Not just some truth. Much, much, much truth. Second. We can work toward a gentler local community in the heart of the city, in the service of the city. More than you know, every one of you, you transform the culture around you with every act, every choice, every word. And remember the words of promise of Christmas. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill made low. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd And the glory, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. Since by one man death came, so by one man shall come the resurrection of the dead. Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him. So may we receive Christ. Here is a door held. There is a criticism softened. Here is a preparation made. There is a courtesy extended. Here is a listening ear, there is a gesture of welcome. As we follow our course, let us not become coarse. As we follow our course, let us not become coarse. One Christmas decades ago when we lived in New York City, Lily Tomlin produced a single actor play. One night a street person stumbled into the theater and was treated roughly. She made the paper the next morning by stopping her performance guiding the man to to center stage, and quietly addressing the audience, "Let let me introduce you all to a fellow human being. And she gave him a seat. At our best, Marsh Chapel and community. At our best, Marsh Chapel and this community both set a fine example of gentleness, liberal gentleness, even gentility. That, by the way, is a Christmas compliment to you, just so you know. It is not just what you do that counts, it's how you do it. And so, at our best, and we're not always at our best, but at our best we can live together, watching over one another in love and treating one another as gently as a nursemaid. Men and women both. can be even more personal The Christmas Gospel and its Pauline cast directs me as a minister. It gives me the courage to be a pastoral administrator and to be so with gentle care. Now we will admit that the phrase pastoral administrator is something of an oxymoron, two words that contradict each other like jumbo shrimp or United Methodist. Either you are pastoral or you are administrative. Either you are tender or you are tough. But here is Paul, the great tough apostle to the Gentiles, identifying his way of being with that of a woman, a tender mother, breastfeeding her infant. That means time spent. That means some tolerance for untidiness. That means a willingness to admit imperfection some fruitful, slobbery, sloppiness. That means a habit of being that is more rounded than rectangular, more organic than engineered, more maternal than mechanical. That means not to worry when things aren't perfect and not to listen when others want them immediately perfect. Life is messy. Community life is particularly messy. That means a willingness to go the second and third mile as you would for your infant. And that means risking getting bitten, that means burping and wiping and holding, and especially that means a fierce focus on the future of young life. That sounds like hard work but it sounds like joyous good work, manger work, nursery work, new creation work. Third. We can become gentler people one by one. Christmas too can become a season as gentle as a nurse. Someone wrote mimicking, yes, Paul in 1 Corinthians 13. If I decorate my house perfectly with plaid bows, strands of twinkling lights and all, but do not show love to my family, I'm just another decorator. If I slave away in the kitchen baking dozens of Christmas cookies, preparing gourmet meals and arranging a beautifully adorned table at mealtime, but do not show love to my family, I'm just another cook. If I work at the soup kitchen, carol in the nursing home and give all that I have to charity, but do not show love to my family, it profits me nothing. If I trim the spruce spruce with shimmering angels and crocheted snowflakes, attend myriad holiday parties and sing in the choir's cantata, but do not focus on Christ, I have missed the point. Love stops cooking to hug the child. Love sets aside aside decorating to kiss the spouse. Love is kind though harried and tired. Love doesn't envy another's home that has Christmas china and table linens. Love doesn't yell at the kids to get out of the way but is thankful they are there to be in the way. Love bears, believes, hopes, endures all things and never fails. Board games will break, pearl necklaces will be lost, golf clubs will rust, but the gift of love will endure. And this Christmas, Christmastide Sunday, the gift of faith will endure. This is the spiritual change that God and God alone works in the human heart, born to raise us from the earth, born to give us second birth. Here are the birth pangs of the new creation gentle globe, gentle community, gentle soul. Are you ready to live in a new way? Are we ready to live in a new way? For their part, the ancients were caught off guard. So the kings meandered and the shepherds shuddered and the cattle were low and lowing. There was no ready expectation of Jesus, a poor Messiah. No, there was no prepared expectation for God touching earth in a manger a smoking cradle, said Carl Barth, is all we have of Christmas. How about you? Are you ready for Christmas? That is, are you, as did Paul, able and willing and ready to receive the gift of faith? Are we, as did Paul, able and willing and ready to receive the gift, the Christmas gift, the gift of faith? Merry Christmas, to one and all, amen. Gracious God, loving and holy and just. In this Christmas tide, we lift our hearts in thanks and praise. We again link our personal stories with the universal hopes whose glad tidings we have heard again this day. We come in this sanctuary ready again, poised again, to live before Thee as the glad-hearted women and men we are meant to become. With glad hearts and curious minds and eager spirits, we offer ourselves in prayer to Thee. We gather some clinging to a hope deferred, some concerned about the health the well-being of loved ones, some remembering the joy of birth and baptism a year or years ago, some longing, longing for new life and new relationship, some ready, expectant, anticipating what cannot yet be foreseen. Great art thou, O Lord, fully to be praised morning by morning, evening by evening. Open to us a glimpse of Christmas this hour we ask. Especially dear God, we pray thy blessing now, praying for the gifts from your hand of confidence, of certainty, and of sureness for the days to come. In this Christmas season, help us to receive, we ask, with confidence the many surprising gifts embedded in our personal lives. Help us to notice the unexpected possibility, the new friend, the unusual word, the strange connection. Help us to see more than we plan to see, to receive more than we expect to receive with a confidence born of obedience. Teach us to claim some certainty in the midst of uncertainty as individuals and as a community. Teach us, we pray, the path we best should trod into the unforeseen. Teach us rightly, we ask, to connect yesterday with tomorrow in the light of thy certain love. Dear God, we pray, shower with a cool saving rain and a moist power the leaders of this world with sureness to seek justice and peace. Help those in the torn out conflicts of our day to continue daily, surely, with a glimpse of Christmas to seek the full promise of the Prince of Peace. Kindle daily in the hearts of great leaders an even greater desire for peace with a sense that surely goodness and mercy shall follow. O Lord, we pray thy blessing in this hour to receive thy gifts of confidence and certainty and sureness for the days to come. For we lift our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has taught us to pray together saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When the song of the angels is stilled, and the star in the sky is gone, and the kings and princes are home, and the shepherds are back with their flocks, then the work of Christmas begins, to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nation, to bring peace among brothers and sisters, to make music in the heart, amen.